Um, well, this is the part of our time together where we're going to open the Bible. And so if you've got a Bible with you, either in uh, the original book version or in analog form, now is the moment to produce it. And if you don't have a Bible at all, which probably lots of you don't, because we know that lots of people are just kind of joining us as we go, then you can download one for free. And we would recommend that you do that on the App Store or the Google Play Store or whatever. So today we are celebrating Easter. Uh, we're celebrating the fact that even though we're in lockdown, Jesus definitely isn't. You know, even though there's a kind of a metaphorical stone rolled across the entrance to our house, there is no longer a, a, a stone rolled across the tomb that used to hold Jesus. Jesus is alive, he's at work, he's out in the world. You know, we're unable to see our family and our friends and so on. But Jesus is able to meet with all of his family and all of his friends, you know, billions of us all across the world on Easter Sunday. He's, he's with us, uh, which is just absolutely brilliant. And I've been so encouraged when I've been reading through, again, the, the Easter story in the Gospels, in the Bible, just realizing how incredibly, profoundly relevant this uh, historical story is to our current situation. You know, you know, like Jesus was in lockdown. His body was absolutely isolated and alone in a sealed tomb. And uh, his disciples were in lockdown in the upper room. They were bewildered and confused and afraid. Uh, you know, there they were. And yet the Holy Spirit, the very power, the presence, the person of God surged into that tomb, uh, kind of went to work on the body of Jesus and raised Jesus from the dead until he was incredibly beautifully alive. And then, and then Jesus then burst out of the tomb and he, um, uh, you know, made his way to the uh, the upper room and you know the locked door uh, made no difference to him whatsoever and he was there meeting with his disciples bringing hope and new life and I don't know about you but I just find that incredibly encouraging that that Jesus is not in a tomb he's with us he's not only with us he's with you doesn't matter whether you're a Christian or not today Jesus is with you, which is absolutely brilliant. And the, the other thing that's so encouraging about just the Easter story in general is that there is never a situation that is beyond hope because you couldn't get much more hopeless than a dead body in a sealed tomb, you know, surrounded by soldiers and all of that. And yet God was able to work a miracle in the body of Jesus. And so therefore he is able to work all kinds of miracles in our lives too, which is amazing. And so we're gonna spend a bit of time looking at a story that happens, it's a moment that happens on Easter Sunday afternoon. And uh, two of Jesus's friends, uh, um, they're, they're walking along the road. And to be honest, they're just really, really low. And they're afraid and they're confused and Jesus comes and he literally walks alongside them. And we're just going to read about that moment now. So in Luke chapter 24, we're going to read from verse, well, I, I say we, I'm going to read from verse 13. And you're going to follow in your Bibles, I expect. Um, so here we go. Now that same day, two of them, 
were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognising him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened in these days? What things? he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. Surprise, surprise. But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. And we're just going to finish there for a moment, then we'll pick it up later on. Okay, so it seems to me that, that, that at least three things happen whenever anyone encounters Jesus. And the first thing is this, Jesus brings new sense. I don't know about you, what you wished you'd done before the lockdown happened. I wished that I'd bought a 5,000 piece jigsaw puzzle. I wished that I had the kind of puzzle that had loads and loads and loads of pieces that all looked exactly the same, like just blue sky. Really, you asked Chuck? No, that is absolutely not what I wish that I'd done. Uh, I hate those kind of things, that is the absolute epitome of misery for me just you know like spending ages and ages getting no further with it and then having to go to bed admitting defeat I, I hate that but anyway the point is Cleopas who was one of the people in this story he had all the pieces but he just couldn't figure out how to put them together he, he knew everything that anyone would need to know in order to become a Christian but he just couldn't quite make it work. So for example, um, Jesus asked him in verse 19, what's been going on? And Cleopas gives him this explanation. He says, well, there was this man who was called Jesus of Nazareth and his teaching was amazing. And not only his teaching was amazing, but he went and did all these kind of amazing miracles and all of that stuff as well. And, and then he was sentenced to death and he was crucified. Um, but, but they went to the tomb this morning, three days later, and it turns out that he's, his body isn't there. And not only was he not there, but the people who did go there, they discovered that there were angels there saying that Jesus is now alive. He's been raised from the dead. To which anyone listening to Cleopas and his friend would think, well, that's all good, isn't it? Like, that sounds like pretty much it's worked out well. Um, but none of it makes sense to Cleopas until he meets Jesus on the road. And Jesus helps him to make sense of the whole thing. And it may just be that you're watching this today, you're joining us, and, and probably there are some people watching this who are just, 
you know, no one's more surprised about this thing than you are, that you're watching church online. You can't believe it. But, um, you know, you're trying to make sense of it all and you've got some of the pieces and you're just trying to figure it all out. What I would say is this, an encounter with Jesus will help you to make sense of the whole thing. And I would urge you to approach Jesus and to ask him to help you make sense of it all. Do you know, the other thing that I found really fascinating in the last few weeks is that, you know, basically the basic facts of our lives haven't changed, have they? You know, I'm still the same person. I still have the same skills and the same things that I'm not good at. I still have the same, largely the same possessions that I had before. There is, you know, I'm still married to the same woman. I still have the same children. Like the basic facts, the basic jigsaw pieces of my life are the same. But somehow now, as a result of this thing, they just feel different. Like everything just kind of feels different. I wonder whether in this time of shaking, where, where the very foundations of our society are being threatened, they're being changed, they're being um, challenged, maybe one of the things that Jesus is doing in the midst of it all is he's bringing a new sense to our lives, a new perspective. He wants us to see what he sees. And so we should all just reach out and take that new sense. That's the first thing. So whenever we encounter Jesus, he brings new sense to our lives. The second thing is he brings a new start. Let me just read a bit more. So uh, Luke 24 still, verse 28. It says, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So, they, so he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread. He gave thanks and broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it's true, the Lord has risen. The person who wrote this book is called Luke and he's been really careful with the language that he's used. He's put this together really carefully. If we were to go back to the very beginning of the entire Bible, back in Genesis, we discover that God created the world and he created it to be perfect and beautiful and everything in its right place. And then if we were to just skip forward a couple more chapters to Genesis chapter three, what we'd see is that um, the man and the woman, Adam and Eve, it was like a dreadful day and they were tempted away from God. And as a result, everything kind of got damaged. And what it says in Genesis chapter three, verse six, it says, she took some, this is the, the fruit that they weren't supposed to eat. She took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So did you hear some of the key language there? Um, she took, she gave, and as they ate together, their eyes were open. And what did they see? They saw their own shame. They realized that they had really messed up. 
Okay, and then here in our passage in Luke's gospel, the author writes this, verse 30, Jesus took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised, not their own shame, they recognised him. So Luke's trying to tell us that amongst this little story of these friends being reunited with Jesus, there's also something much bigger happening. And the bigger picture that's, that, that Luke's trying to tell us about right now is that in this moment, as a result of Easter Sunday, actually something amazing is happening. The whole of humankind is being given the opportunity for a new start. It's like, you know, literally every single person on the face of the earth who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus can make a fresh start. I, I don't know whether you can remember what it's like being at school. I remember really vividly some things about school. One of the things I remember is that in primary school, the teacher every day would write some things on the board. Now, I'm going to say it was a smart board. It wasn't a smart board. It wasn't even a whiteboard, people. It was a blackboard. But anyway, it wasn't a slate. So, it, you know, I still take some kind of comfort from that. So anyway, the teacher would write something on the board and she'd say, now, children, away you get on with your work. And then somebody, did they, I don't know whether this happened in your school, somebody every single time would put their hand up and they'd say, Miss, can we start a new page? Yeah. And the reason why we all were desperate to start a new page was because the previous page had started out with such hope and, and you know, like it, it was so clean. But over the course of the previous day, it kind of got a bit dog-eared and there were like little ink splots where the fountain pen had leaked and the handwriting hadn't been as neat as I wanted. And, the, you know, like I'd scribbled some bits out and I'd tried to use Tipex on other things. And the thought of just every day getting up and going to school and having to just add more onto the bottom of that messy page was just so desperately unsatisfying. What I what we all hoped for, we all were like, come on, please, miss, can we just have a new page? Can we just start again? Jesus offers all of us a new start. He offers all of us a new start. doesn't matter whether you've been following Jesus forever or whether you've never followed Jesus. Jesus is offering you today, Easter Sunday, a new start. And actually, we're going to make an opportunity later on for you. If you're not sure if you're a Christian or you know you're not a Christian, but suddenly in this moment you think, I do want a new start with God. I do want to start a new page with God. Amongst everything else that's happening, we're going to make an opportunity for that later on. Gosh, I wonder where I'm on my notes. Uh, so Jesus brings a new start. Last thing, Jesus brings new life. Jesus brings new life. And when I say life, I mean life. Now, I've never done this, but they do say that if you attach a bungee cord to your ankle and then you throw yourself off a big bridge, then you'll never feel so alive. Uh, I really, really doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I remember reading a story once about a lady. She was called Erin Langworthy, I think. And she was jumping 111 meters into the Zambezi River near Victoria Falls, I think that's right. And, and, and as she did that, she jumped off 100, 111 meters, 20 meters from the water, suddenly the bungee snapped oh. and, she, and she landed in the water. Now, thank goodness she wasn't jumping off a, a tower crane in a supermarket car park in Bradford, otherwise she wouldn't have lived to tell the tale. But she did live to tell the tale. 
but my goodness, that is absolutely the last thing that I'd wanna to do to feel alive. Somehow, being a Christian in our society, in our world today, has been kind of conflated with pattern cardigans and cucumber sandwiches and dusty church organs and things like that. But this is a million miles from that. Do you, do you see what happens? Cleopas and his companions, they're, they're just filled with sorrow and disappointment. In verse 17, it says, their faces were downcast. And then they meet Jesus. And in verse 32, it says this, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us? What's being offered today is life. What's being offered today is like full, complete, abundant life. Um, it turns out, doesn't it, that the things that we thought make for a really full life, actually, when you go into lockdown, you realize, oh, gosh, I've hardly used those things. I hardly need those things. I don't know about you, but I've decided over the course of these last couple of weeks, I don't want to kind of spend my days just passing the time. I want to live. I want to really live. And, I, you know, I, I don't want to waste my time trying to extract fulfillment and contentment and self-esteem and status from a whole bunch of inanimate objects. It's like trying to suck water out of a cactus or something like that. I, I just don't want to do that anymore. If, if it turns out that Jesus is the source, the ultimate source of all hope and all peace and all joy and all contentment, then do you know what? I'm just going to give my life to him. I'm going to surrender my whole life to him. I'm going to make sure that he's at the very center of my life because Jesus offers us real, true, abundant life. And the great news is you don't need to be good with heights and you don't need to attach anything to your ankle <laughs> to discover it. Why don't we pray?